You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. Welcome to today's episode of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi, as promised, Todd Sherwin, Regional Managing Partner at Fisher & Phillips, is sitting across from me here in the studio. But before we talk to him, I just want to let you know that on Wednesday, February 11th, I will be hosting our 1,000th interview radio show, and my special guest will be Wing Lamb of Wahoo's Fish Taco. This event will be held at the Center Club in Costa Mesa, and you and our listening community are definitely invited to attend. The event will start at 4.30 p.m. with registration and networking, and the radio show starts at 5.30 p.m. And if you'd like to learn more or maybe register, visit my website, criticalmass4forbusiness.com. Right on the homepage, there's a big red register here link. Click on that. It'll take you to our um event site, event bright site, and you can register. If you attend, you'll have the opportunity to hear Wing discuss the lessons he and his executive team learned about business from the Great Recession, and you'll have a chance to network with Orange County business owners and executives. I'd like to thank our gold sponsor, Tri-Circle Financial Strategies, for their outstanding support. Visit their website, tri, T-R-I, Circle, financial.com. So don't miss this milestone in Orange County broadcasting history. Join us for the celebration on Wednesday, February 11th for our 1,000th interview show with special guest Wing Lamb of Wahoo's Fish Taco. Okay, enough about that. Todd, welcome to the studio. Good to be here, Rick. Let's talk a little bit about your firm. Tell me about Fisher & Phillips and also help us to understand why companies select your law firm over others who say they do something similar. Sure. So Fisher & Phillips, we're a full-service labor and employment law firm. So what I like to say is we do our best to keep our clients out of trouble. And then once they get into trouble, we do our best to get our clients out of trouble. So we do everything from handbooks, harassment training, prevention stuff, advice work, and then all the way through litigation, trial, appeals, whatever we need to do to, to help our clients navigate the waters that are California labor and employment law. So we're here in Southern California. The studio happens to be in Orange County. You're in the L.A. office, right? Right. Okay. Yeah, I, I spent uh, the first eight years of my career in our Irvine office, and for the last two, I've been in Los Angeles. Okay. And tell me a little bit about the size of Fisher & Phillips. Sure. So we're a national firm. We've got about 300 lawyers across the country, and here in Southern California, we have about 50 to 55. Okay. Why is that important? Well, we want to be able to service everybody. So not only our clients here in Southern California, but our clients across the country. You know, if I have a client who's headquartered uh, here in Los Angeles or in Orange County who has employees throughout the country, I want to make sure that I've got smart, knowledgeable lawyers in those places that can help those clients out in a pinch also. Got it. So we're talking with Todd Sherwin. He is regional managing partner. And I guess that region is Los Angeles? Correct. Okay. So he's the regional managing partner for the Los Angeles division or area of Fisher and Phillips. Let's talk about you. First of all, why employment law? Yeah, the million-dollar question, right? So I, I wish I could have a, a story that said that I always knew I wanted to be an employment lawyer. I don't I could make one of those up, sure. but that that wouldn't uh, that wouldn't be me. So, you know, I I, I grew up never thinking that I was going to be anything but a professional baseball player. Okay, um, and I get the big joke I always get is, uh, so when did you when did you realize you weren't going to be a professional baseball player? And I look at my watch and say. What do you mean realize? Mm. Um, but you know, when I, I I went to I went to undergrad and I realized that professional baseball was not going to 
was not going to do it for me. It wasn't going to okay. be there. And then I took a couple of classes in college that made me realize law school. And then, like everyone who, who starts at USC Law School where I went, I wanted to be a sports agent because why not? seems logical. Right. Um, and then it wasn't until my first, my first uh, year in that summer and then my second summer where I started doing things that were labor and employment related for a judge I work for and then a firm that I work for that I realized – you know, there's counseling aspect of this. There's competitive litigation aspect of it. Uh, labor and employment law really seemed like a field that would fit my skill set in in wanting to not only assist clients and assist companies, but also then get that competitive nature out and get to fight about it a little bit when necessary. So, does that mean you also do litigate? Yeah, I mean that's I mean that's what we are. We are we are litigators that. I think what differentiates us, going back to that previous question, too, is that we, we try to be there before the problems start. So okay. we, we, we litigate. That's what we do. But we also take pride in helping our clients navigate the waters to help get them out of litigation before they're actually in litigation. Yeah, you know, th- there's a book. It's called Navigating the Growth Curve. It's written by James Fisher, and he studied um, companies with up to 500 employees, and he studied over 600 firms over a multi-year study trying to determine kind of how companies successfully navigate those different stages of their comp- of, of their growth, and he has very detailed explanation on different things about how you do that successfully. The overarching realization that his research told them is the number one determinant of complexity in a business, regardless of the industry, are the number of people people that you employ. <laughs> yeah, I mean, until until there's you know robots working in every job, there's going to continue to be problems. There's going to continue to be litigation. There's going to continue to be that human emotion that plays into it. And so what we want to do as a firm is not only be there when those problems arise, but to be there to make sure that if our clients know that they can spend a little bit of money and a little bit of time training, hopefully they'll keep themselves out of that hot water. Yeah, so we're talking to CEOs of middle market firms, Southern California, 2 to $100 million. Many times they have quite a number of employees, especially the larger firms that listen to the radio show. So, so let's start simply. What are the couple things that the CEO should talk to their HR department about tomorrow morning to make sure they're avoiding potential pitfalls as it relates to their employee relations. Yeah, so employee relations are always a, always a big issue, right? The cases the cases that are always going to be there are those harassment, discrimination, retaliation cases. So I think what HR folks and HR directors need to focus on from the beginning are policies and procedures and handbooks, making sure you have a strong handbook, making sure that your managers are trained appropriately and properly on what to do if you get a complaint, what to do if somebody requests time off, what to do if somebody complains that somebody else is bothering them. And, you know, most most HR people are busy. I mean, they're all busy. We're all busy. Right. Um, and there's just there's just a lot that needs to go into that that training and that culture and trying to figure out what we need to do to make sure that our employees know what to do if there's a problem and has an HR department uh, that knows how to handle those those sorts of issues. And you know, quite frankly, when you get past that employee relations harassment stuff, you know what I what I talk with my clients about all the time. Your strongest HR person is going to really know wage and hour law, particularly in California, because that's what's going to keep you out of trouble. Wage and hour. Give us a little bit more on wage and hour. Sure. So what I mean by wage and hour. It's exciting stuff, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, what I mean by wage and hour is the one thing that's going to most likely get you sued as a company in California are issues relating to overtime. Right. The way you pay your employees, the way you provide things like meal periods and rest periods and 
Now, you know, a relatively new law in California, cool down periods for your employees who work outside. So you've got these you've got these issues that are so nuanced and so much minutiae that even if your HR person is top notch, he or she is not going to know all of that because I mean, we do that for a living. We study these laws, we study these changes, and we barely are able to keep up with it. So I, I would say that the most important thing that your your HR folks should focus on are making sure that you're compliant with your policies when it comes to things like overtime in California and meal periods and rest periods and what needs to go on your pay stubs. The stuff sounds ridiculous to talk about, but that's what's really going to get companies and continues to get companies in trouble here in California. It, it seems in this area of employment law, and I'm talking with Todd Sherwin, he is the regional managing partner at Fisher and Phillips, is that it's counterintuitive. You know, you have this employee who says, boss, I'm going to work through my break. I don't need to take a lunch. We're on deadline. I know you. Need, I really want to win this piece of business. So just let me, just let me grind it out. And you go, oh, champ, you're the kind of. And then, oh, lo and behold, yeah, and it's it's never you're breaking the law. Yeah, and it's never until those folks, well, typically not until those folks get terminated or leave because that guy's never going to sue me he, he you know he's like a son to me right. i mean that's the things i hear from my clients all the time well one bad thing happens and they go to uh you know go to a lawyer and say i was wrongfully terminated i was treated properly and the lawyer on the other side goes yeah yeah, yeah that's fine let me see your pay stubs let me see the policies because that's where that's where the real money is for the other side unfortunately are these nuances that are technical violations that they don't even need to prove because they're on the face of the of of the policies themselves or on the pay stubs in some cases. Right. And so what I hear you saying, Todd Sherwin of Fisher and Phillips, is not only is it important to have the right manual, to understand your responsibilities, to train and coach your managers and create an environment that understands and embraces these laws and regulations, but it's also critically important that you create a culture of documenting them and being able to prove that it wasn't just words, it was deed and fact. Yeah, I mean, it's really hard for us as lawyers or as HR professionals to prove something happened if there isn't any documentation that shows it. I, you know, I teach a, a class at Cal State Long Beach, and what I probably tell my students more than anything else who are going to be future HR directors is your word is really not going to be anything if you go to a lawyer and say, defend me in this case. If you don't have an email or if you don't have a policy written or follow-up documentation, it's it's going to be like it never happened. And, and what if a, a small company of 50 employees, whatever, not only is it one person, but then it becomes two or three people who are saying the same thing about lax rules and no break time. How does that affect the company as well? Is is there strength in numbers on, on the other side too? Well, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, one, you know, one employee is enough, you know, enough of an issue to deal with where a lot of liability stems when you've got a couple employees who join in and you've got this nasty word called a class action, okay. action brewing, and you've got these you've got these issues that, you know, may be rolling so quickly downhill that you may not be able to stop it if you haven't really jumped on it right away. So again, we're talking to CEOs and business owners of two hundred million dollar companies. Um, in my CEO peer groups, once a year, I have someone come in and tell them all the things that have changed in the employment law landscape in the past year. Um, is it your experience that that they should be – how frequently should they be asking people who know, am I still in compliance or what major – things have happened that I need to be aware of that change my policies, procedures, and manuals? Yeah. I mean, definitely yearly. I mean, we have our clients who have been our clients for a long time ask us to update their handbooks yearly. Okay. So, you know, so that's you, a best practice. At, I mean, minimum, minimum yearly. Right. Yeah, minimum yearly. If you're, if you're waiting for more than a year to have your handbook reviewed, then 
you're likely going to miss the boat on, in California, especially. I mean, we, you know, we have laws that change in the middle, the middle of the year sometimes. So you should find out about those the year previous, but you need to make sure that when the middle of the year comes rolling around and July 1st this year is going to be a big one that comes, uh, you got to make sure that your policies and practices are up to speed with that sort of stuff. Okay, we're talking with Todd Sherwin, and we're going to take our final commercial break here on Critical Mass Radio Show. And don't go anywhere, because we're going to talk about what has changed recently. So you may be sitting out there thinking, hey, I got it. I got this dialed in, and I hope you do. Honestly, I do. But just in case, let's spend a few minutes after the break and look at the new things that have happened in employment law in California after these words from our sponsors. Van. Hey, did you know that over 73% of consumer packaged goods and retail products fail miserably within their first year? Why? Because they find themselves in the pit of unawareness. You don't want to go there. Call me, and I'll make sure that your packaging gets noticed. You know how I know? Because I'm the founder and creative director of MBN Design. We're one of Orange County's most established and trusted design firms. With over 20 years of experience, I can ensure that your brand will always stay new. Ask me how our packaging sold millions in months, or see for yourself other success stories on our website at www.mbndesign.com. We're MBN because we're making brands new. Call 714-458-8701 and talk to me, Hector Garcia. That's myself. 714-458-8701. I'll be waiting for your call. Richard Franzi is the author of two popular business books for CEOs. His first book, Critical Mass, The Ten Explosive Powers of CEO Peer Groups, was the first book ever written on the secret value of CEO peer groups. His second book, now with newly updated information, is Critical Mass, The Power of CEO Guiding Principles. Richard's books contain powerful information to help CEOs running middle market companies gain valuable insight to improve their decision-making skills. Richard's books are available as paperbacks or Kindle versions from Amazon.com. To find them, type Richard Franzi in the search box. Successfully navigating the changing world of public relations and digital marketing requires an experienced, tenacious, yet gracious team. In business for more than 20 years, Orange County-based T&N Company delivers big agency results with personalized service. For more information, call us at 714-536-8407 or visit us online at tnco.me. And welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. If you're listening to us live, ooh, are we doing a good show for you today. Todd Sherwin is our guest. And if you're listening as a podcast, you know it's a good show, and you can go back and forth and pick up things and tell people about it. We appreciate that. You could find us on iTunes if you're listening live and you're not currently getting us a podcast. Stitcher, Spreaker, hundreds of business websites where we've had their CEO or principal on our show, and they put his or her interview on their website. Many different podcasting partners. We get about 16,000 downloads each month of the various shows that we do. would love to have you become a part of our community and regularly listen because the kind of content we're developing here is exactly for CEOs who lead middle market firms. Todd Sherwin is regional managing partner with Fisher & Phillips. And before the break, Todd, I said we were going to ask you just to kind of highlight some of the recent changes in California law. 
Yeah, by by far the biggest is the law that's going to take effect July 1st of this year, which is the paid sick leave law. So now every every employee in California, regardless of the size of the company, is going to be entitled to accrue or be given paid sick leave. So it's not a matter of, well, I only have five employees who have to do this, or I only have 50 employees who have to do this. Every employer in California is going to have to provide not just sick leave, but paid sick leave. How much? Well, so that's that's what we don't have enough time to talk about that really. Oh, right? the so, subtleties yeah, of employment law. But there's, yeah, <laughs> there's, it's going to be the, the easy way to think about it is three days of paid sick leave, or they have to be able to accrue it at the rate of one hour of paid sick leave for every thirty hours work. So okay. ridiculously nuanced should be a lot simpler than it is, and for something as basic as that, the amount of hours we've spent as a law firm and as lawyers speaking to clients about it is is exhausting because the law is not nearly as easy as it should have been. What was it before? I mean, who was entitled to paid sick leave before? In in California, nobody. Okay. Yeah. I mean, wow. there are certain, certain jurisdictions, San Francisco's had a paid sick leave law for a while, but in the state of California, if a company wanted to give sick leave, they could, but now every company, regardless of size, has to provide it. Okay. So this is totally off script, but how does a law... I don't have a position on this. I'm just listening to learn and asking the question, how does a law like this get started and get enacted then? Who's who's the energy behind it? Yeah. So you've got, you've got people in the state assembly, um, you know, probably folks... Um, I can't remember exactly who started yeah, championing name this anyway, one. Yeah. I'm not going to say that anyway. But <laughs> you know, folks who who were responsible for pushing these things in certain cities like San Francisco okay. go. You know what? This is a great idea. We should provide it for a state, and it it probably is. I mean, I hope I don't get in trouble with my clients here, but it it's not a bad idea to have paid sick leave. It's just really difficult to be enforcing it and trying to implement it that the way the state is is forcing employers to do it. Todd Sherwin is our guest. He's regional managing partner for Fisher and Phillips. And so from a, from my perspective working with CEOs of middle market firms, some many times it is the implementation and the rules and the regulations that are more concerning and cause more consternation than the fact of the law, which I think you just made a point on, right? I mean, at some level they're good people. They want to take care of their employees. They understand that they should do something like this. Many maybe already do it anyway because they just wanted to do it. But now, not only doing the right thing, now they have to make sure they're not doing it the wrong way. Yeah, because if you, there are companies out there, plenty of companies out there who have a policy that says – we are going to accrue five days of paid sick leave a year or five days of paid time off a year. And that's more than three. We all know that five is more than three. But the problem is if you if that's your policy, that policy now, even though five is more than three, is not going to be compliant with the uh-huh. law because of the nuances in the law. And this, these are the kind of things that I think cause people to just get angry with all of it. Right, it, it just—I'm just shutting down. I'm going to leave California, or this is just madness, and and now it costs me more money. It costs me money in my time because I don't understand it, and I have to learn how to understand it just to protect myself. And many times there are agencies that become aggressive in instituting these regulations for no other reason than they seem to be convoluted and confusing. Right, and there's money. There's money to be made. Not to sound, not to sound <laughs> like I'm ripping on the other side, but there's easy money to be made by some lawyers on the other side. And so, even if you have a company that provides three paid sick leave days, and you're trying to follow the law, because the law also requires you to put that on a document like a pay stub, so you can do everything right in the law, but you don't put that on the pay stub. That's where 
there will be lawsuits and litigation the next year or two because that's what people will be suing about because it's going to be a technical violation of the law. Right. So do you ever find, and I'm talking with Todd Sherwin, he's regional managing partner at Fisher & Phillips, that your clients who love you normally get mad at you when you bring them this kind of stuff to deal with? Yeah, I, I always try to say I don't, you know, I didn't, I didn't write it. I'm just trying to help you interpret it. Uh, but, yeah, it's 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 constant frustration to have to deal with and, you know, try to have a sense of humor about it and try to lead them through those waters and give them not only what the law says but the real practical advice. Here, forget what the law says. This is what the law says, but let me tell you the best way to implement this. Right, and the onus is really on you guys to, in your firm to really understand these changes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, you got to interpret this for people well, and be right. Well, and we've been getting questions about this law since it passed, for example. It doesn't really take effect till July 1st. And so people ask us these questions, and we do our best to interpret and give and give answers about it. But at the end of the day, we say, well, here's our best interpretation of it. Here's what we think. But we certainly can't be for sure because nobody's fought over it yet. Right. There's no precedent That's or whatever right. the right term is. That's right. Plus, sometimes laws do laws get passed and the formal regulations on how it's going to be implemented aren't fully fleshed out? yet that's well it's exactly right and this is going to be a prime example because there are very there are a lot of holes in this law that until maybe the department of labor standards enforcement in california or somebody else interprets it and issues some sort of clarification we may just be left guessing right and somebody may be the lucky person who helps to actually finish out the regulations by example that's right unfortunately yeah (laughs) Yeah. that's right i don't mean to laugh at that that's a very serious issue anything else that our business owners should know about yeah i mean that's i mean that's the big one that everyone's spending a lot of time on i mean a real another one that passes that in california for companies that have 50 or more employees you have to have sexual harassment training that's been around for a while now there's a new anti-bullying component that has to be added to this sexual harassment discrimination prevention training. Wow. That just sounds really difficult to figure out what is and what isn't. That well and that's and right now there is no law in California that says bullying is illegal. There's no anti bullying law. I mean we can see that's on the horizon with this new law passing saying you need to train your managers on it. So I mean we use this as an opportunity to talk to our clients about what's on the horizon. So today you have to train your managers on what this conduct, this abusive bullying conduct is you better be ready for tomorrow or a couple years from now where this is actually going to be illegal. And once it's illegal, I mean, the law, the litigation is just going to skyrocket. Well, you know, we don't have time to really dig into this, and I, I kind of wish we did because I, when, as you're talking, I'm thinking, well, what about social media? Because a lot of bullying happens for teens, etc. on social media. Is this law going to encompass employees, social media? I mean, where does this... How how far-reaching could this be? I mean, it, it will. It will encompass social media because the litigation and the laws that are out there dealing with what constitutes protected activity already includes social media. So bullying and harassment will definitely include social media. You'll have to come back. I, I'll, I'll, I'll be here. All right. So, Todd Sherwin, if someone wants to learn more about Fisher & Phillips because they thought, you know, I thought I was okay, but now I'm uncomfortable, how do they find your brand online? Yeah, so we, we are www.laborlawyers.com. We are smart enough to steal that website however many years ago we got it. And then my email address is T and my, my last name, S-C-H-E-R-W-I-N, at laborlawyers.com. Thank you for sharing a little bit about what you know. The more you know that you share, the more worried I get. So I'm glad we just got that amount. Good. I'm glad. Okay. We're done for the day, ladies and gentlemen. You can relax now and exhale. But I want to thank you for listening to Critical Mass Radio Show. You know, the goal is to help you, our listening audience of CEOs who are running middle market firms, to improve your decision-making skills by being more informed. And I think today certainly helped you do that. This show is brought to you by our advertisers, Center Club, Community Bank, Decision Toolbox, Executives Unlimited, 
MBN Design, SNH Rubber, Strategic Market Intelligence, SunUp Group, T and Company, Tone Software, Turn Up the Volume, and UPS Protection. I'd like to invite you to attend our thousandth interview with special guest Wing Lamb. Go to our website. You'll be able to see information on our advertisers and sponsors for the program, as well as information on the radio show that we're doing live next week. If you want to follow me on uh, LinkedIn, I'm Rick Franzi. My CEO, my Twitter handle is CEO Peer Groups. And in your podcasting software, type in these four words, Critical Mass Radio Show, and you'll get our regular updates. Until our next show, I hope all of your business decisions will move your company in a positive direction. You have been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show Business Talk Show, focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies. With your host, Richard Franzi. 